You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I am Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 55 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. And after we kicked off 2020 last Monday with a view on the awesome writing software Scrivener, Mm -hmm. we are now going to continue setting you up for success with a conversation about, should we call it, best practices for 2020 and some goal setting, something like that. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. We're going to definitely look at some big picture stuff because, hey, it's the new year and now is a time to traditionally set back and set some goals and look ahead and make some changes. So I think that's a perfect way to begin even your writing year in 2020. Yeah, we should probably have made that episode 54 and, and then talk about Scrivener today but there yeah, you go there you go I think it works out we everyone needs to recover I think a little bit after New Year's yeah that's true maybe just uh, having this week in between might be a good thing yeah people speaking can of, ease into it yes and now that we're past our week um even though we're technically time traveling how has your week been going it's been good uh, actually this morning I was doing some of the monthly checks on the stats for this podcast and actually i was thinking that maybe i could just share a bit about what i learned there that would be exciting yeah yeah because since we started the podcast uh, we've we've seen consistent increase in the number of uh, downloads per month so so that's of course very good uh, for some weird reason that I still not can work out why september was just way better than all the other months uh, but uh, but even here in the November stats that I just did, so again, we're time traveling a bit here, so we're still in December technically, <laughs> but in the in the November stats, uh, we also saw a positive trend in the number of downloads uh, per, per month. Uh, so, so that's good. And, uh, you know, basically we're releasing these episodes every Monday because we want to be helpful. And, of course, we are also trying to make it uh, slightly entertaining <laughs> rather than <laughs> a boring rundown of, of the topics that we pick. So so that's why basically that we're checking or I'm checking the download numbers every month because, uh, you know, unless we see that people are actually finding the podcast useful and are listening, then it would be a waste of our time <laughs> because at the end of the day, all the podcasting is time away from writing. So that's true. I think it's good that it's trending in a positive direction, right, Autumn? Plus, it's like, you know, I partially we do this too because we like to help other authors and it is nice. It's kind of one way of knowing unless people like go flood us with comments, which would be fine. Um, but I mean, how do we know? We have to gauge that we're actually reaching people and hopefully helping them somehow. And that would be through comments or downloads and things like that. So it's kind of yeah. good to see a positive progression that way. Yeah, but I, ha- I had a small request that I would actually like to make to our listeners, if you're cool with that. <laughs> yeah, all right, I want to hear what this is. Yeah, because we have a we have a few reviews on the iTunes store at the moment. There, there is only four of them, so Ooh. we need to be really <laughs> careful about uh, jumping to any conclusion based on those reviews. But uh, since the volume of those reviews are rather low, I want to be a bit careful here. But the review average is 
uh, 3.5. Uh, and I would like it to be a minimum of four. So I think if you agree with me here, Autumn, I would like to ask our listeners if they could please provide a bit of feedback because we've now been doing this uh, in, in the newish format, you know, no, no longer YouTube videos converted to podcasts, but actual podcast episodes. We're doing, we've been doing that for what, like half a year or something, I think. Well, already? Now? I think you're right, though. It was I think August so, something like started, that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we've been doing sort of the same format here for six months. And of course, when we started out, we, you know, as I've talked about before, I listened to a ton of podcasts myself. So I know at least what I like in podcasts. And that was sort of how we decided to set up this podcast in, in the, you know, with the different sections that we go through on each episode, what we talk about uh, and, and all of that. So, so there was a, a thinking behind why we set it up the way we did. But at the same time, of course, we don't know if, if you're, you, dear listener, like that setup mm. or not. Uh, so what I would really love is if we could, if I, for example, added a link in the show notes to both Autumn's and my own Twitter profiles, but also a link to uh, the contact form on the Am Writing Fantasy website so that you can send us an email, mm-hmm. then I would really love it if each of our listeners could just spend one minute to just give us a bit of feedback and just tell us, what you like about the podcast in its current format and maybe what you would like to see different, if anything, with the current format. Uh, that'd be and great. Then, yeah, because I, I really would like to get some feedback from listeners here. Uh, and of course, again, we need a bit of volume. So please don't think that, yeah, I'll let everybody else uh, send Autumn and Jesper <laughs> feedback because then everybody will be thinking that and then we'll get only a few responses and to be honest i'm not willing to make changes on the basis of just a few responses so we need a bit of volume so please uh, just spend that one minute if if you don't mind and then just tell us what you like and what you would like differently as well then uh, we will definitely consider if we see some uh, reoccurring themes popping up in those responses then we'll definitely consider if we need to do any changes or modifications to the layout of how we run each episode That sounds good. Always a good practice to hear from people and see what's going and take a survey. Yeah. So, but what has been going on in your life, Autumn? Well, I I actually finished a book. Oh, you did? (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, well, I mean, I finished it in December. So hopefully by the time this Reading or writing? Well, now you're making me depressed, but it's writing. <laughs> um, Sorry. I want, there's a book I want to read. I hope maybe by the time this airs, I'll have that read. But yeah, so hopefully by the time this is out, um, I'll have a new book out. It's one that's co-written with my husband about our adventures driving across the United States for the last four years with over 100,000 miles under our tires and sort of a how to do it, and if you're going to do it, how to be safe kind of book. So, oh, it's probably, we've been working on it off and on for like a year. And so usually it's my husband who's dragging his feet, and he got his part done so fast. So Oh, no, you I didn't gotta, count on that, did no, you? No, <laughs> I got to give kudos to him for really pulling it together and then prodding me saying, what are you going to do your part? What are you going to edit it? What are you going to? So it's done. (laughs) And I'm so excited to get that out to the world because I know I have a couple folks we've talked to that I have promised it to for probably the last eight months. So yay, I've got a book out my 17th. Woohoo. 
it sounds sort of like, you know a very like niche uh, book is there other books like this on on the market already or is this like uh, the first one, <laughs> one on amazon or believe it or not it's not the first one they're uh, overlanding adventure driving uh the kind of nomadic travels is becoming very very popular at least in the united states but i mean for some countries like australia and new zealand it is uh, walkabouts it's what you do however mm. doing it on a, as a vehicle vehicle-based travel um Yeah, it's something that people are getting more into, and there's a certain very big niche on what kind of vehicle you need and the equipment to take and how to stay safe if you're going to some of the remote roads that we've traveled the last few years. That's why Adam got a medical certificate and everything, so he can mm. take care of me, and hopefully if I ta I had to take care of him, he wouldn't be unconscious because I needed to know have him tell me what to do. We need to rethink <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah. But you know, my marketing mindset is already speculating that you could probably get some cheap Amazon uh, <laughs> ads keywords for stuff like that. I, I guess there's not too much competition in that field on on the keywords. Maybe fingers crossed. <laughs> A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group, uh, Dwayne said that he has. Several stories set in the same world, and he wants to give one of them a noir feel to it. And uh, he was concerned for how to achieve this without it seeming to take place on an alternate universe of hmm. Earth. So I, I just wanted to say that because I love how the group offers each other a lot of help and advice. You know, Lauren's response was uh, very helpful and insightful because she said, quote, I would make a list of some of the things we take for granted about life in our world and change those in your world based uh -huh. on what's been present since the past. And then she said, I think a great example of this is the last airbender cartoon in the Earth Kingdom. They have trains, but they are powered by earthbenders. They develop uh -huh. the technology to build trains, but not the engines to power them. Similarly, in the Fire Nation, they have tanks, but the ammunition is just firebenders shooting fire. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but I, I thought, you know, the idea about, okay, so he had some concerns mm -hmm. here and she says, you know, make a list and uh, of the things that are common and then, and then change it to something else, right? Yeah, I, I those are just great. Very useful. It's simple, but it's very useful. Yes. And I see a lot of the comments on the group. They're, everyone's so helpful. I mean, we have, I can't think of any big problems we've had there. Just, it's a fantastic place to get feedback and ideas. Though it's funny because, I mean, one of the things we don't really talk about here very often is that we actually have newsletter that go, we send out, I think it's like every three weeks. It has writing tips and world building tips and stuff too. So besides this podcast, we actually have a newsletter as well. Actually, we yeah. had that going for a while. And we had a good comment um, that someone emailed back to us just the other day, or at least the other day from when we're recording. And they were, had a question about... When is it okay to use a word like a name that someone else has used? And they were like gave an example. I used the word Kith for one of my fantasy races, and he wasn't sure if I knew it had been used for um, a, a very similar group. Oddly enough, uh, in a different role playing game that I had never heard of. So no, that's not where I got it from. But it was a <laughs> great discussion on, you know, when is it okay to to use a word that someone else has, you know, also used. And it, to me, it really comes down to it, none of us are really making up 
A hundred percent. I bet no matter what words you make up right now in your mind, it is a real world word somewhere in a language in this world. So it's one of those things that, you know, if it's not, if you Google it and there's not 20 pages on someone else using it for a specific thing, it's as long as it's not trademarked or copyrighted, it's okay to use because everything's been used before. But I did give him the advice that, you know, if you do Google something and you want to like name something Hogwarts or the Shire, you don't even want to go there, even if they're not trademarked, because you're going to be at page 12,598 on the Google search and no one's ever going to find your version. But for something like uh, the name of my fantasy race or other strange words that you come up with and you look around and there's not that much else out there like it, that's okay to use. Even if someone else has used it somewhere, because unless they're trademarking it or copywriting it, it is legally free to be used. Yeah. And uh, well, there's been the whole, well, I was about to say scandal, but all this stupid stuff, to be honest, uh, (laughs) in the, in the author community over the last, uh, well, not, not, not recently, but probably like four or five months back where, uh, or maybe it was less, but where some authors were trying to trademark certain titles and also words like there was somebody who wanted to trademark trademark a cozy mystery. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, I mean, all that stuff I mean, it drive, oh. drove me insane, to be honest. But, but, I, but I agree. I mean, uh, titles and names for races and all that it's 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 a free for all you know you you can have the same titles and you can have the same names as somebody else but i do also support what autumn said that when we uh, talk when we're talking about uh, fantasy names which actually we have a bit of information in in the uh, book on plotting that we're going to release in 2020 mm-hmm. about how to create those names. But one of the advices that we give in there is actually also to to try to search a bit on the internet to see if there's some well-known stuff that is um, already called whatever you want to use as a name, because there's just no reason to, just because you didn't know that it, it was something that um, uh, somebody else uh, has has already used in a, in a setting or a book or in a game or whatever it may be. There's just no reason to have readers starting to get those associations when they read it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's just best to avoid if you can. And certainly if you go by the really, really uh, famous examples like the Shire, like Autumn said, <laughs> you know, then you're probably going to sla- be slammed in the, in the reviews uh, if you do that. So just completely stay clear of, of stuff like that. But in principle, there is nothing like called stealing in, in this particular situation, to be honest. No, not really. I think it's um, it's there's going to be some overlap. It's bound to happen. There are so many people writing, and there are so many books. And even if you go back through history of what you might not have read and might not even know is out there, probably there's going to be some duplication. It's just a fact that's going to happen. So just try to keep it to a minimal, and and don't don't do it because you did read something and you thought it was a cool world and you swipe it. Try to make it honestly having come up with it on your own. And on to today's topic. All right. So in terms of uh, (laughs) best practices for 2020, I think that that was what we ended up uh, calling it. But it's basically like, 
a list of some things that are good to do here at the beginning of the year to think about to get yourself set up best for for the year to come uh, and also some goal setting and maybe that's a good place to start i don't know autumn I think so. I think um, it's a good, yeah, goals are a perfect way to start because 2020, I mean, like we said, with New Year's resolutions and everything else, it is a new year. And historically, this is a great time to look ahead and figure out what you want to do and accomplish in this new year. Because otherwise, unless you do that, the year can just run away with you and you'll maybe oh, no. never, <laughs> yeah, you might never really achieve anything, much less a big project or whatever you want to go. So I know when I do some goal setting, I mean, I try to think about things from everything from like books I want to, how many books I want to write and publish or courses we want to put out. There's a whole mm -hmm. bunch of stuff that we look at and we say it's and almost we're like, always too ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> we are and life does get the better of us. But you know what? I'd rather be struggling to reach the mountaintop than, you know, be standing on top of the tiny little hill going, I did it. I did it in like June. <laughs> it's just not going to work. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I tend to divide my goal setting into, or at least think about, I mean, it's a bit different now, to be honest, because we are two about it. So we usually talk about what, what we want to do and we we have a very long to-do list and then we try to figure out where we're going to start, what's on the top, and then we'll work down the list, right? And exactly. we never get to the bottom by the end of the year anyway, but... <laughs> Uh, so it's a slightly different now, but but uh, if I'm thinking back to before we were doing everything together, then I would divide my goals into three different buckets, mm. um, and uh, maybe I could just run over what those yeah, three were. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm I'm guessing writing, marketing, and something else. What are they? <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah, wow. I mean, the bucket bucket number one would be what I want to achieve in the author business. Okay. So that could be, uh, for example, how many books I would want to put out mm -hmm. or that I want to have X amount of revenue or whatever, something like that, right? But it's like if I'm thinking about my uh, authorship as a business and then I'm basically setting up business goals for myself on what I want to achieve and I make them very concrete like sub goals on how to get there nice. so so that I can track throughout the year. And it's not like it's a yearly goal. And then I don't know until <laughs> 12 months later if I'm on track or not. Right. So I try to make it some, some concrete sub goals uh, to, to get there. So if it is revenue, then I'll probably have some goals about how much I want to increase the revenue per quarter. If it's uh, writing books, then of course, then I want to say something like uh, in the first half, I want to publish, let's say two books and second half, two books, for example, something mm -hmm. like that. So that's bucket number one. Excellent. And then I also used to have a bucket number two, which was about how I was going to improve my writing craft. Oh, I like this one. Yeah, so that could be stuff like uh, I need to read at least, uh, let's say, 10 nonfiction books on writing craft, for example. Or it could be, I also really like like the um, uh, Brandon Sanderson has uh, on YouTube. You can find, I think if you type in write about dragons on oh. YouTube, you can find uh, a full university level course Brandon Sanderson has there for he's done it for several years and I think mm. all the years worth of classes are there for you could just watch them for free oh my so gosh. I also used to watch all of those uh, a couple of, well 
many years back now, but I, I watched all of those as well. So if you want to check that out, just type in write about dragons in YouTube and you will find them. So so that's another way you, you can improve your craft. And it could also be, of course, that you just want to write, let's say, 10 short stories and you have some mentor or something that you're working with and you want to get feedback on. I don't know. But, it, but basically writing craft was my bucket number two. And then bucket number three was about, uh, yeah, you, you basically guessed it before, Autumn. So it's about promotion. Uh-huh. How, you, how, how am I going to promote myself? So that could be, for example, if uh, back then I was running a YouTube channel, so I would have some goals for my videos, and bo- both in terms of how many views I wanted or uh, how many comments I wanted and stuff like that. Uh, or... Well, in the beginning of this episode as well, I shared some podcast stats, right. right? So it could also be that you are running a podcast and you're tracking how you're performing there. Um, or if you are not creating videos or podcasts or blog posts or something like that, perhaps you just want to learn how to be the master of Amazon ads or Facebook ads or something like that. So you you are going to invest either time or money or both in understanding and learning how to do that. Um, Mm. So it it could be anything, but the key is that you pick something that you want to improve and then you work at it until you master it. So, so that that's, that's how I did it. Oh, I like that. I mean, it definitely makes sense. And I agree. It's, you can't set goals and then put them in a, you know, save the file and stick it in a drawer and never, you know, get back to it. It's really important that it's somewhere visible. Like I, I like to put my goals on a sticky note, um, a well, digital sticky note that's right on my laptop desktop so that whenever I'm, you know, closing out programs or going in between things, I see the sticky note that says, you know, this is a goal. This is something you wanted to work on. Mm, yeah. And it is a yeah, really, yeah. I think it really does help you reach further if you really say, hey, I want to do this many books or I want to accomplish this. It really does keep it tight center that this is my goal and I've got to keep working towards it. Yeah, I agree. As long as you keep working towards it, exactly. Because I, I think a lot of the time what happens is that people will set themselves some goals and they'll get distracted about something. They'll start doing something else and they've sort of, yeah, I know the, I have those goals in the drawer, but I'm not really working against them or mm-hmm. to achieve them. So it sort of just fizzles out, right? That, that, oh, I think yeah. that's one of the things. And the other thing is also that a lot of the times people struggle to just make their goals concrete enough so it, it's this sort of fluffy stuff that, uh, you know, you, you need to be able to track whether you're on track or not. Because if you cannot track it, you have no idea where you're going. Right. Uh, I mean, of course, if you say I'm going to release four books this year, publish four books, that's pretty easy to track whether or not you're doing that. <laughs> but if you if you have other types of goals, like, um, for example, I want to, let's say, master Facebook ads, like we talked about just a second ago, right? How, how do you track that? Well, that, then that's where you need to... You need to break it down in one way or another to say, okay, how do I know when I've mastered it, right? So maybe it's something like I need to have 10 different Facebook ad campaigns uh, that turns a profit uh, or something. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just making something <laughs> up here, right? But but you need to make it concrete enough that you can actually track whether or not you are achieving what you want to achieve. And then let's say by the end of the year, you only got seven Facebook campaigns that is turning a profit. Well, I think that's pretty damn good anyway. So you should be happy about that, right? Yeah. And I was, there's times where you might not even know. You might be such a novice to Facebook ads that you don't even know what is a, an achievable goal. So if you might start off by just by saying by you know creating one that 
a campaign that's really getting a positive return on investment and is like something to be proud of. It's, and then you might have to revise it and rash, you know, tweak it a little bit more as you suddenly realize, Oh, this is what it's about as you start taking the training. But yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. I think a lot of the time what I see people struggle with is they, maybe they can say like, I want to write this many books, but they don't, they have a hard time with breaking it down into the milestones, you know, the sub goals that make it achievable, breaking it down into steps that are bite sized that maybe are monthly or weekly to make it happen. Cause I know like one of my big goals a couple years ago now was like, I wrote down, I wanted to finally be a featured author in BookBub. I just, I wanted to hit that target. I don't know why, but it was in my head and that's what I wanted to do. And so, yeah, so I could write that down, but how the frick do you do that? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I broke it down. Like I wanted to redo my covers. I didn't think there was a strong I wanted to read you my descriptions. I needed more reviews. You know, you start doing all of these processes. I needed more followers on BookBub. And by breaking it down and say, doing the new covers, I hit my number of reviews I wanted. I redid my formats, made sure that the book itself looked spectacular. And then I submitted off to BookBub because that's part of your goal is like, once you think you have everything in place, you, you got to make sure you're actually putting it in. And lo and behold, I actually did it. So it's totally achievable if you break down the steps that on the outside, that's just like, you can't do, I want to be a New York Times bestselling author. Well, how do you do that? Look at the steps, see what other people are doing, break it down into actionable items, and then actually do each one and check it off. And yeah, maybe you won't hit that big big one, but at least you'll be there. And I bet you'll have learned so much along the way that, you know, you you might still hit it yet. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I would also say, because you, with what you said before, it sort of made me think a bit. <laughs> <laughs> because I would also say if, if, if you have some goals about how many books you want to write, I mean, if you're working on your face, first book, just make your goal that to finish that book oh, because yeah. honestly be- before you finish the first one you have no idea how long it's going to take and it's it's that first book is also going to take much 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 longer than you <laughs> think it will so don't start out by saying if you have never written a book before don't don't start out by saying i'm going to write four books uh, this year i mean mm-hmm. forget it just uh, say i'm going to finish one book and that's yes. it and that first book will also take much much longer than probably every other book you will write i think everyone's first book is a huge learning curve and yeah, my first one took one and a half year, and <laughs> uh, and I think nowadays we can probably, if if we focus not on, if we don't do all the cost building and all the other stuff we have going in autumn, but I think we can turn out a book in three four months. And that's what I was gonna uh, say. It's so. probably three four months. Even even when I'm yeah. writing, I've written four and a half books in one year before, while still having a full time job, and it is totally. I was so focused, and they good characters they basically wrote themselves i could barely keep up and when you get into that kind of flow it's fantastic but Mm. you're not always going to be there and you know four books in a year with a job and kids and family and life that's a little tough so don't be tough on yourself you be do stuff that you know is going to make you stretch but not necessarily overwhelm you and make you have a breakdown either no exactly i think that's important and i mean 
once you know what you're doing, four books a year is probably not unrealistic, but but you need to know what you're doing and you need to have the practice uh, from publishing before you can set yourself goals like that. So that was just like a very quick uh, like warning <laughs> so you don't uh, end up stressing yourself out because uh, goal setting is good, but if you put really unrealistic goals and you work yourself into the ground because of it, then that's not worth it, right? No, not at all. You, you should make this still fun and... There should be, you know, some flexibility and stuff in there as well that, you know, you're, you have an achievement you want to get to, but, you know, you still need to take family vacation and go to your sister's wedding and all those things too. I would Mm. honestly say as you're doing your goal setting that, you know, life goals should be up there and having fun. um, That should also be one of your buckets you're you're filling as you're looking at your goals for the year, not just writing and marketing. Uh, You got to make sure you balance all of that with some family and fun. And so going over, so we do goals, but I think this is another time of year that is good to do some, like once a year cleaning a house. That's what I like to do in January. Yeah, exactly. And I was just about to say, because you told me before we started recording that you have a small list of things and, and so yeah. do I. So I was thinking maybe we could just jump back and forth. So you pick one of your list and I pick one of mine and so forth. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and start. So yeah. one of the things I like to do this time of year is going over my manuscripts and for me, I like to look for missing links. Like, did I publish a book and I forgot to add it to a previous book? Or did my website change at all? Or even just going through the manuscript and checking all those links are actually working. Because, you know, sometimes you publish stuff and there's a kink and you didn't realize it. So I, I like to go over my manuscripts at least once a year. And even uh, if, if any readers during the year sent me any updates saying, hey, that word's misspelled and I didn't go fix it right away. Now's the time to make sure I get all of those fixed and polished and cleaned. Yeah, that was also on my list, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, and I, because also I had the ones about, you know, you published a book one and maybe in the back of that book, you wrote like book two coming in 2019. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, great. And now we're 2020. So yeah, you need to update those. Definitely. That's a good point. And it's, I even have seen, cause I like to do a sample chapters for something in the back of my books and Sometimes those don't get updated to the actual polished versions, or maybe I want to link to a different book and and all those little things. It's a good time to think about, you know, even marketing, like, am I, I've started putting the back of my books, um, a little social media page, like sort of like hashtags and ways of sharing and stuff. I need to go back and add that to all my other books now. So (laughs) I guess I'll be doing that this January. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so should I pick one yeah, from my list? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so I also put an email list here. Oh. And what I mean by that is that, um, so there's a few th- different things I want to go over here. Um, checking your you know, total open rates, your click-through rates, and how many subscribers you're getting and from where they're signing up is pretty good to do here at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, your email service provider, whether you're using ConvertKit like us or MailChimp or whatever, will tell you all of these stats. So when you log in, their dashboard will tell you. Um, but it's good to do because uh, if one of the things that you're offering in exchange for email addresses is, is outperforming another thing that you're doing or offering, then maybe you should double down on the, that one that actually performs really well in, in, and do that more, promote that more here in 2020. Um, and also when it comes to the emails themselves, 
maybe you need to clean up your list. Uh, and what I mean by that is that if you're finding that you have very low open rates and very low click-through rates, it could easily be because you have a lot of uh, death weight on your <laughs> list. And uh, what I mean by that is that when people are signing up to get something for free, probably something you're offering, uh, it could be like a free chapter. Maybe if, maybe it's a full free novel, or it could be like a character sheet that you're giving away, something you're giving away, maybe in the back end of those books that we just talked about. That could be a link to say, hey, you want to you wanna check out this uh, character or what he what he's been up to after the novel ended or whatever it may be. Maybe you have a short story or something. Uh, and then people sign up to get those free things. But some of those people who sign up, and it's probably more people than you think, actually just sign up, get that freebie thing that mm-hmm. they were looking for, and then they will never open an email again. And if you have too many of those people on your list, it will hurt your open rates. And if it hurt, hurt your open rates, it will actually also hurt your deliverability of the emails. So it's it's no good, basically. So you need to do a cleanup. Uh, I like to actually purge the email list, uh, both my personal one, but also Autumn and my list uh, every quarter. Um, so what I will do is that I will use the convert kit basically has a way that it keeps track of those who haven't opened an email for... I think it's 90 days Uh, and then we sort those out and I'll send them uh, an email uh, just to those people and say that we can see that they haven't opened an email. And uh, then I will tell them that uh, if you want to stay on this list, you need to click this link. And if you do not click this link, we will delete you within a week. <laughs> You're so um, like cutthroat. There you go. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, as authors, we also have to treat this as a business and we're paying for the people on the list. And if they have no interest in reading the emails, why should we be paying for having them on the list, right? So that's why we purge them because we only want people on the list who is actually interested in reading uh, the stuff that we email them. So... The ones that, uh, because the way that it uh, ConvertKit in this case, and I think most other email providers work the same way, the way that they track whether or not people opened the email is that they have a transparent one pixel size image in the email that they put in, and then they track if that image gets loaded. Uh, but in some email programs, uh, they will have uh, disabled image loading mm-hmm. by default. So that means that it, those people might actually open and read the emails but the pim- because the pixel did not get uh, loaded, ConvertKit will think that these people are not opening the emails, even though they are actually opening. So that's why I'm sending that email instead of just deleting people, because then the ones who are actually interested in our emails can they will click the link and say, "Hey, you know, don't do not delete me," and then of course we won't. Uh, but this is a very good way, I think, to keep a healthy email list, and a healthy email list is extremely important. I'll not go into all the details on <laughs> deliverability uh, and, and why now, but actually in 2020, Autumn and I are also planning to release a completely free course for authors uh, called Self-Publishing Success. And in that, uh, I'll have a full module on email lists and I'm going to explain why this is so important. So you can stay tuned for that. But uh, but yes. that was a bit on email list. I hope that was not too boring. <laughs> no. And, well, I was going to even add to it, you know, if you have automations, which a lot of us uh, as authors do, we're not sending out every single email or just doing campaigns. So if you have any like onboarding automations, normally see which ones are performing well, but 
you again, check your links. I'm going to be like, this is just hold up a sign. Check your links. Go and go look at them really quick. Make sure they're as evergreen as you think they are. Make sure that they, you know, double check your spelling. It's just a good time to look at it again with fresh eyes and see if there's anything you can improve, a tone you want to change, new information you want to add. It really is important to keep these up to date. I know I've gotten one before and there was a reference to something that was like five years in the past. And I was like, what? Come on, you know, (laughs) just go through these every once in a while, people, and make sure that they're still accurate and going to the correct websites and everything like that. That's very important. And actually, speaking of websites, so that's going to be my next one because you know I like to do websites. But this is a good time to run through your website, especially go into Chrome in incognito mode. Go in as a random Uh browser and go and see what it looks like. Check your links. You know, look at the information. Check it on mobile. Yeah, check it on mobile. Go and look at your stuff as a new reader, not just with your lens of being the author and what you think it looks like from the back end, but what it really looks like. Go to your spouse's or your kid's computer and go see what it looks like as someone who is not logged into the site and make sure everything looks good. Um, Get those links shaped up. And again, if you did books, you published anything, if you're not running a blog, or even if you're running a blog, go update it. Just now is the time of year to add that to your to-do list. Even if it's a modest amount, go get it going again and make sure everything's clean. Um, your images are good that you've, even if you're in your backend, you've updated your plugins and your WordPress theme or your Wix, whatever you're using, because the older those things get, the closer it is to crashing or being vulnerable to hackers. So make sure you get all your software up to date before someone swipes all your files. Yeah, this next one of mine actually goes hand in hand with what you just said. Because other than website, I would also say check your social media profiles. That that includes your bio on Amazon or Goodreads or anywhere else where you might have uh, written a bio. Uh, So just check if anything is outdated or maybe you just need to do a general update. Maybe you can write a better bio. Um, or how about the banners that you're using on Facebook or on your Twitter profiles and so on? Do you need to change any of them or do you need to update some of it? It's just a, a good best practice to to get done yeah. here at the beginning of the year. Get a fresh face for the new year. <laughs> that could be misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But no, that's a really good point. Those are things that people tend to forget. Just like when I think of like updating your website or updating your manuscripts, you have to also go update the places like book funnel and story origins, places where you have your book files uploaded to. So that's another thing is sometimes it's easy to make sure you uploaded something and updated something on Amazon. But some of those places where your readers go like book funnel or your beta readers, you know, they have access to some of your other stuff. Make sure that those are updated too. Hmm. I have one more thing on my list. Uh, how is your list looking? Uh, oh, I think I'm, Pretty well wrapped up, actually. Okay. I have one more, and it's about saving money. So, I, so this is probably pretty important. Oh, I want to hear this It sounds one. important, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> I like this one already. <laughs> yeah. So I would say review your uh, last year's invoices that you received and paid, and just check if you have any ongoing subscriptions for some services mm. that you aren't actually using anymore. That's a good because. Tip you might as well just go ahead and cancel them if you're not using them and save yourself some money. But it actually happens more often than you think that you have something on automatic payment for Mm -hmm. some subscription for something and 
you're not even thinking about it. Maybe it's just like $10 a month, so you don't really notice it. Uh, but they just subtract $10, $10 a month, and uh, it's just a waste of money, right? That's true. So just go and check that, and uh, yeah, it's a good, yeah. good idea. <laughs> I think that's a very good idea. And sometimes it's really important to uh, check at least a couple full months because I know my husband and I had were both subscribed to something, and we thought it was one subscription, but there was one slight difference in the email, and we were getting double charged. So... Uh-oh. Places are That's sneaky. No they gave us a refund, thank goodness. But uh, Okay, I was just about to ask, did they do that on purpose? No, but then, no, they were very honest about it. They were very nice about it. But yeah, you've got to watch sometimes. You know, you get a family and family accounts, little things like that can happen and creep up and cost you what seems like not much. But boy, $10 even a month adds up really quick by the end of the year, 120 Yeah, I had even worse lie. Well, this is probably like a year ago or something. All of the, uh, I was... I was in my uh, net banking, mm-hmm. uh, just checking my my account status, and and then I was thinking like, this this just seems to be missing some money in, in these accounts. Oh, no. I don't understand why, and what what is going on. And then I started going through all of it, and then um, I I, I, yeah. I saw that I, that we were missing like uh, three and a half thousand dollars on oh. an account. It's like what what. <laughs> And it was less, and it was, yeah. And then, and then I clicked into the details of it, and you, I could see it was some sort of, you know, building. What, what is what is it called? Like you know, these uh, big stores where you can buy building materials. Okay. In in the UK. What? So it was uh, yeah. So I was like, how? What? So of course I called the bank and I said, well, this is a mistake. I mean, I, first of all, I do not live in the UK and I do not buy building materials in the UK. <laughs> You're not secretly and, building uh, a house there. <laughs> Yeah, so they said, yeah, yeah, just, uh, you know, there is like a function inside the net banking where you can click that this is not, you know, that this is not me spending these money and whatnot. Uh So he said, yeah, just click that and send it in. We'll have a look at it. But I was quite nervous because it was a lot of money. So I asked him, but does it make a difference what I put in? You know, do I need to write something special to make sure you get (laughs) the money back? But of course, he didn't want to say that. He just said, no, no, you just write honestly and then we'll look at it because of course he didn't (laughs) want to tell me what to write. So I I submitted it and I was a bit nervous, but uh, like two, three days later, uh, the the bank returned the money. (sighs) So so that was good, but it was was a bit scary. It was quite a lot of money. (laughs) That is a lot of money. And it's easy, easy to have happen to either... Stuff goes into the wrong account. Those numbers all mean stuff or someone swipes your card. So, it's... Yeah, it must have been something like I have no idea yeah. when it's happened. I mean, I, I did travel to, to London uh, on a frequent basis at the mm. time, but I have no idea when when somebody must have done something. But Ugh. but anyway, that's, that's <laughs> history now. But yes. yeah, so I think as you can hear people, there's a lot of things you can do at the beginning of the year to set yourself up for success and, and hopefully... We mentioned some stuff in this episode that maybe you hadn't thought about yourself. At least that was the aim, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And if you haven't, you know, let us know in the in the comments if there's anything else you hadn't heard of before or anything else you think would be a good tip for folks. All right. So next Monday, we're going to give you six different streams of income for authors. <laughs> it might serve well as yet more inspiration on how you can diverse your income. 
If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.